In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I lingered about 10 years with a denomination that would probably be called a cult. They're very much like Jehovah's Witnesses, but they read the Bible every year. And so I began reading the Bible every year, and I came to love the Bible. And I still love the Bible. And every time I prepare to preach, I find something new and interesting. So one time when the New English Bible was brand new and they sold it where I worked at Montgomery Wards, I bought it and when I came to the book of Judges in Judges 1, and this is the only translation I've ever found it in, but nonetheless, it was my Bible and so I read it and laughed. It said that Caleb's daughter, Aksaw, wanted to ask her father for some land and so she broke wind and her father said, what do you mean? <laughs> Can you imagine? And actually, the whole book of Judges, if you ever want to go for a ride, is amazing. I think the book of Judges would make a perfect Bible study for junior high boys, full of violence and gore and, and topsy-turvy stuff. Well, this time, the surprise came to me in a preposition. The big surprise came in a preposition that could be translated different ways, but we'll get to that later. Um, one of the things that happened it was I was reading commentaries, and uh, one, of the, one of the commentators called my attention not to the two men praying, which is the main part of the story, but to the God that they were praying to. And that also was something of a surprise by the end. And another one, bless his heart, pointed out that this parable ties into the one from last week, the unjust judge. Do you remember the old woman, the, the widow, who kept crying out for justice day after day after day, and the judge wouldn't pay any attention to her because he didn't value anything, not widows or the law. And, uh, and then finally he gave in because it said she was going to wear him out. Well, wear him out really translates giving him a black eye. So, he suggested we think of this widow from last week's gospel as a bag lady waiting outside the courthouse shouting, I want justice! I want justice! Day after day after day. And then threatening to whack the judge before he gave her justice. It's reversals. Reversals. Reversals is what this commentator brought up. And the reversal today is that it looks like the Pharisee should be the righteous one. It looks like the Pharisee should be the one who was justified, but we see that it was not. It was the tax collector. So the Pharisee prays, telling God how he has kept the law, and you may not know the law, but the Pharisee is actually way above what the law requires. The law does not require too fast a day, and it does not require that you tithe everything but he tells God this is what I have done well the Pharisee is a little bit too good to be true he's better than Abraham and so probably first century people thought he was a cartoon character like a superhero and um, and probably smiled at the description of the Pharisee but here's something interesting in Deuteronomy to us his prayer seems a little over the top, a little like bragging. But in Deuteronomy 26, there is a prayer, there is instruction to pray kind of like that. 
After one has taken his tithes to the temple to give to the Levites, it says, quote, from Deuteronomy 26, you shall declare before the Lord your God, I have rid myself and my house of the tithe that was holy to thee and given it to the Levites. So you tell God that you obeyed. To the immigrants, to the orphans and the widows, according to all the commandments which thou didst lay upon me, I have not broken or forgotten any of thy commandments. I have obeyed my Lord, my God. I have done all that thou didst command me. So the Pharisee's prayer is right in line with this one from Deuteronomy. It's not really self-righteous, except by our standards, until the end when he gets kind of haughty about the guy next to him, the sinner, the tax collector. And so now we have the tax collector who does not tell God about all his pious acts because he has none. He is one of the worst sinners in first century Israel because not only does he tax the people on behalf of the nation that is oppressing them, he's hired by the Romans. Not only does he do that, go out and collect Roman taxes, but he makes his living by extorting money from his own people. They're already poor because they are supporting an army in their land. And he pushes them to give more to him to make him rich. He is like the mafia. Remember the godfather when those people would go in and just knock around the store owner if he didn't cough up the money he was supposed to pay each month for protection? The tax collector is like that. He has no righteous deeds to declare before God. And so he prays for mercy. And we know from the end of the story that his prayer, a prayer of humility and a prayer seeking God's mercy, is good for him. It's the only kind of prayer he can offer. And we're told that the sinner, because tax collectors were big sinners, we were told that the sinner leaves justified. Another reversal where sinners are justified more than righteous people. And then in the very next verse, which is not in our lesson, but which is interesting, we learn that people are bringing children to Jesus and the disciples, who are very protective of Jesus' time and energy and ministry, shoo the children away, rebuke the parents for bringing their children. But we know, we all know, everybody here knows what Jesus told them. He said, let the children come, for the kingdom of God belongs to people just like them, like children. It's the third and biggest reversal in this portion of Luke. Children. There's no way and no time for me to convey to you how, how little value children were in that society. We see this through our eyes where we put helmets on our kids' heads, you know, and give them hand sanitizer before they eat their apple. But back then, most of them died, many of them died before they got out of childhood, and they were of less value than women. And I think that says enough. But Jesus says we are to become like them, of less value than women, in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, by now, Jesus should have everyone's attention because everything is backwards, everything. 
But back to the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. The surprise, the big surprise, came for me when I read a Jewish woman's translation of the preposition that we heard as rather. So in your gospel lesson towards the end, it says, we're talking about the tax collector, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. Well, that's enough of a reversal. But Jamie, uh, Amy Jill Levine said, that preposition can also be translated alongside, which changes everything. That sentence would then read, this man went down to his home justified alongside the other. Both men justified. Well, Jesus was all about surprises. If a parable doesn't surprise you, it's not being interpreted correctly. And while elevating the tax collector over the pious Pharisee was enough of a surprise, for me it was even more of a surprise to see that the self-righteous and annoying Pharisee and the humble man who extorts money for a living and has not repented, as far as we can tell, he's probably going to go right back out and extort more money after he's prayed for mercy. The both of them went home justified in the eyes of God. Well, that's only a preview of the biggest reversal of all. In Luke 23, Jesus will finish telling parables. There will be no more stories about how things will be reversed. In Luke 23, he will begin the journey that shows us how things will be reversed. He will do it with his own body. He will begin that final illustration, not with stories, but with his life, which he will offer up on behalf of pious and annoying Pharisees and humble extortionists. He will offer his life up for adults, disciples who chase away the children, and the children. He will offer up his life for you and for me on our worst days and on our best days. And he will show us the big reversal, which is that you have to offer your life in order to enter eternal life. Amen.